Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. We are powered by the Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. This podcast is our eddy in the rushing waters of local journalism. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Remax Key Properties, a family-owned, full-service real estate brokerage specializing in residential, luxury, commercial, new construction, and ranch and land properties. Their new state-of-the-art facility at 42 Greenwood Avenue is a modern, collaborative space and the new home of the Ben Don't Break podcast recording studio. I'm Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source Weekly, and we are glad you are listening to us today. I have Marika Green. She is the Events and Financial Development Director at Mount Bachelor Sports Education Foundation. She has served in this role since September 1st, 2023, but has been involved in the organization primarily as a volunteer and event participant since moving to Bend in 2005. Prior to her work with MBSEF, Marika was a Bend Lapine educator for 17 years. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Erin. I'm happy to be here. So September 1st, 2003, you're still, I mean, this is your first winner. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. And boy, do things get busy around yeah. MBSEF in the wintertime. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm learning just how much there is to what we offer our community's youth. And uh, I, you know, I've been around the organization for a long time. I've been friends with people who work for the organization. And it's not until I'm now here and in it. Yeah that I understand or I'm starting to understand um, just the variety of offerings we have yeah. for, for youth in our community. It's pretty cool. So in your bio, it said you've been involved with them since 2005. Uh, so that children who were in the yeah, program? Yeah, well, or? so I, yeah, when I moved to Bend in 2005, I was substitute teaching, so uh-huh. looking for a teaching job. Um we moved here, my husband, then boyfriend at the time, because he was going to train full-time with XC Oregon as a, as a professional Nordic skier. Okay. Um, so that's what brought us to Bend, and I was hoping to get better at my Nordic skiing, and a friend of mine who was also kind of in the same career juncture said, hey, you should come coach for Stevenson Youth Program. You'll get better at Nordic skiing once yeah, you get right. on snow with kids. Yeah. And, you know, it was a great, we have a lot of coaches that um, are kind of in that stage of life, and we're able to mm-hmm. offer them some benefits of, of um, season passes and things. Right, and, sure. and so for me, that was really great. It enabled me to have that season pass for the Nordic yeah. side for the year and get to, you know, spend time with kids, which is something I was highly focused on, especially yeah. at that time. And I improved my Nordic skiing ability significantly yeah. <laughs> playing games with all those kids yeah. and time um, on snow. Yes. And yeah. you know, the Stevenson youth program is, is fantastic. And I actually have two kids who have gone through it now, my own children. And, um, you know, it's playing soccer on one ski and just all sorts of fun relay activities. Awesome. And there is just nothing quite like it for building that balance yeah. and control and just understanding of how it works to slip slide around on snow. Yeah, right. There's also plenty of hot chocolate. So that helps. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. It might not help your speed over time. <laughs> Maybe <know>. not. <laughs> the, the, but, um, well, maybe just to start by, I know, you know, everybody knows MBSEF for, mm-hmm. you know, skiing and, and for the pole pedal paddle, which we'll get into in a minute, but maybe just give people a little bit better sense of, you know, the rainbow of, of services that MBSEF does offer in that. Uh, yeah. In that so, room. um, we have three main programs. So we have Alpine, Freeride and Nordic 
And in every one of those programs, we have developmental level. So starting at six, seven years old. Um, and then and then there's kind of a, a pretty clear progression in terms of um, then they get more into the competitive side of things. As kids get older, they could choose to be full-time winter athletes. Um, and then we also have full-time competitive athletes. So, right. you know, while we have our SYP coach was at the mountain in the blizzard with like right. 12 to 15, seven, eight, nine-year-olds yesterday, we also had our Nordic director flying to South Korea for one of our Nordic athletes who is um, in the Youth Olympic Games wow. this That's week. That's incredible. So, you know, it's just, yeah. it's this really beautiful full progression and times three different programs. Um, and then in the summer, we also have offerings for our athletes or other athletes that maybe aren't involved in winter sports, but want to get involved with um, mountain biking, you know, or cross training type yeah. of activities. You know, we have some athletes that will do fall training yeah. um, with our Alpine or Nordic just to get in. We have a beautiful new facility, um, a really nice gym, an Olympic size trampoline for our free riders to develop the skills of the those slips and turns on fake right. skis and right. yeah um yeah so there's quite a lot of there's quite a variety the more facility than I is pretty new correct like yes. how long have you been in there um for my understanding i believe we moved in in july of 2020 so it was all kind of happening as the yeah. pandemic was hitting right. and um everybody's told me that you know everybody just felt so fortunate that the, the construction project wasn't impacted by the supply chain issues and everything right. that happened right. and how everything shut down. We were kind of through that process yeah. enough for people to be able to move in. And um, But it's funny because we moved in in the building, there's still folks that are coming in that haven't been in yet. Right. You know, long time right. um, community members, you know, who've had their have their kids in their 20s or 30s that are popping right. by to donate some old skis or whatever sure. and just had one today that said oh I, I've been in the I've been in the entryway but I haven't seen what the gym looks like right. and you know it's just funny because it's now been around for for almost four years and yeah and that's how, what the pandemic will do how long how old is the organization that's a really good question um it it's kind of hard to pin down it became a a nonprofit officially in 1984, okay. I believe it was 84, 82. I might get the dates confused, but um, it's kind of it, the roots of MBSEF started with Skyliners Ski, Ski Club. Club. Right. Um, and that started in 1927, technically. <laughs> so, um, and so then sometime in the early 80s, right. they morphed kind of into each other. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been around a while. I mean, yeah, in some capacity, incredible. the idea, the existence of youth competitive focused ski development has existed and been for almost a hundred years. Yeah. 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 It must be somewhat daunting to step into that kind of tradition. I mean, you're, you're coming in and I know it's very modern now and it's got the facility and the thing, but yeah. you know, you do have with, with that MBSC, MBSCF brand, all these people that are tied to the organization, the old timers, the people who went through it. And, and not only are they not, they're retired now. And right. You know, and what is that like to, to step into that culture? Um, that's a really good question. I think it's a culture I, I feel very comfortable with. Um, 
And because I've been on the periphery of it since moving here, um, it's not a huge leap to jump into it. I think the fact Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, my husband was so competitive within snow sports Mm -hmm. post-college and I, I, I have an understanding of where these athletes have been, where they Mm -hmm. might be going. Um, even though I've lived it through my spouse, I've lived it to some extent. Um, so, and you know, and it's, and it's just, it's very interesting too, because living and teaching where I've lived and taught for, for a while now, um, a lot of these families are the same. And you <laughs> sure, know, like, right, right. I mean, Nils Erickson, who's been our, yeah. uh, an Alpine coach, now the director of Alpine for quite a while. I mean, I think he's been with MBSCF for like 30, 35 years. Yeah. I, I taught with his wife <laughs> for, for the whole time I taught at Highland. Right. So, um, yeah. you know, I've known these folks for a long time. Um, I had a close you know, close relationship, great relationship with Molly Cogswell Kelly, who was there mm-hmm. for for a long time, and um, so I try not to get the you know let the pressure yeah. get to me. <laughs> um, I know I have big shoes to fill, and I know it's a super um, you know just known and respected yeah. organization. But I also it's just great. It it was yeah. really nice. Howard Friedman, our current board president, said to me after like the first or second board meeting I attended, he said, you know, Marika, it just feels like you've been here forever. And that was just really, (laughs) really, yes, very affirming. And um, so they made me feel welcome. Yeah, you know, from talking to Molly that, you know, MBSCF holds such a position of esteem in the community. It's so old school that, you know, the people in your positions, I mean, you've only been there since September, but, uh, you know, Molly, everybody knows Molly. Oh you know? yeah. And, Everyone and Molly knows Molly. <laughs> and, and that seems like, uh, just great shoes to step into. Like yeah. if you're going to, you know, integrate into the community, what, what better place than someplace where everybody's like bringing their kids has fond yeah. memories. Yeah. And it's know. also, yeah. One thing I didn't say too, it's been really fun. You know, a lot of our athletes, our high school athletes were students of mine in second and third yeah. grade. And so it's been fun with families saying, wow, yeah. it's so funny to see your email in my inbox again and, yeah. you know, and see where those kids are going. And now, you know, as a second grade teacher, you rarely get the report on where kids are going to college or how that's hap- how that's playing out. And I've had a, you know, I've had a student come into my office since starting and saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. accepted early decision to Williams and and, but I hadn't really seen much of her since she yeah. was, you know, 10. So, right. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it feels really good, um, to have those relationships to build upon. I mean, Molly was an incredible relationship builder yeah. and, um, so it's great too, that she's like spreading the word with all of her people that yeah, yeah. I'm great. And yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very helpful. Well, the hat that you're wearing has, you know, it's very multifaceted. You know, you've got financial development director. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, you also have events in the thrown yeah. uh, thrown on top of there. Um, let, let's talk about the events piece just, yeah. just for a second. Um, you know, PPP is another like you know it's a legacy event. And every you know if you haven't participated in it, you're, you're it's probably on your buck bend bucket list at some point. Um, have you gone through? Will this be your this will be your first PPP? This will be my first PPP in this yeah. role. Yeah. I, I have about, gosh, I should have counted before I How came many in, but you got? we have between Marshall <laughs> and I, um, we have about maybe 120 yeah. <laughs> in our, in our right. cabinet. Yeah. Um, so it's been a, it's been a big part of our life for a long time. Yeah. Um, 
but yes, it's the first time in, in this very new role. And, you know, the last PPP we did, I had, I hadn't actually officially decided I was leaving education Mm -hmm. at that time. And so there was no chance I would even remotely dream that I would be in it for 2024. Um, because, but I was supporting Marshall and um, a couple other individual men, and then my daughter did it with a group mm-hmm. of friends for the first right. time in the twelve and unders. Yeah. And she said, when I told her, you know, that I got the job, she said, "Well, mom, like, who's going to support us in the PPP?" <laughs> right. Like, that's a very good question, Nora. I'm, I don't know. You and dad are going to have to figure yeah, it out. It's the catch 22. It's the cobbler's <laughs> kids have no shoes because now you're on site right. and you're supporting all the racers right. now. So, right. Um, yeah, I feel like those mugs are kind of your like uh, passageway into Bend. I mean, oh, they are kind of like how many do you have? And, you know, we've we've certainly <laughs> had um, house parties. And I, I don't know if you know this, but. For the listeners that don't know this, um, my husband is Marshall Green, who has won the pole pedal paddle elite division seven times or so. And um, we also, you know, he did it. He did it one year before I moved to town, um, but then we did it together as a pair. I've done it a bunch of times as a pair. And but we've had house parties where people, you know, who kind of know that it's a big deal for our family and they go to serve themselves coffee or a drink and they open the cupboard and make themselves at home and they go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I really have tried for years to win one of these right. and how many of these, can right. I just take one? I know. <laughs> they really are. I mean, I have so many, so many friends just in the last, in almost, you know, 20 years that I've lived here that, that will just, I gotta get, I just, I, I gotta get that individual. <laughs> That's great. That individual. And, and, um, and then I, you know, they, they get it that one yeah. time and they're like, okay, I'm done. I don't have to do it anymore. It's so stressful to do the whole thing. I've done it once myself as an individual and it is an entirely different beast doing it all on your own versus just even a pair. Just the amount of pressure on all the gear and making sure you don't forget anything and it's all on you, you know, instead of splitting it it up. I did it one time. I did the whole thing. You did? Yeah. And then we, the source actually won the business category one year, which was a huge claim to fame at the time. I think we were, the company was five years old and I felt like we were throwing elbows at that point. (laughs) You know, you get, you get up at the time we would get bottles of Crater Lake liquor and, you know, great prize bag from PPP. Great prize bag. But the mug is what mattered. I was like, the mug, you know, the source gets one of the precious mugs. So. Yeah, it's awesome. But, you know, as an event itself, from an event director standpoint, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a major undertaking. I mean, it's, you know, when you think about a race that extends from Mount Bachelor all the way into town and you're moving people from the top of the mountain all the way through, um, that's a that's a big call. I mean, it's a big thing to do it, but it's another thing to be the person responsible for making yes. sure they all stay in their <laughs> lane. Uh, yes, I think um, one the, what I have learned from the two events, you know, at, at, in my role, mm-hmm. I'm primarily focused on, you know, we have lots of events if you count all of the races we put on as well. But, um, the ones that I am primarily focused on and leading are the ones that are our primary fundraising events. Um, and what I've learned from both the Skyliner ski swap, which happened just within weeks of me starting and the snowball, which happened a mere three weeks after that, um, is that, uh, the MBSEF team is well-oiled machine and, 
everybody pitches in and the, um, the program directors particularly, they know what they are doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, just watching how they set up the Skyliner ski swap and, and brought in all of that equipment and set it all up. And that team of coaches is dialed. And I've been told they are the same way with pull pedal (laughs) paddle. I mean, um, Coggin Hill, our free ride director is apparently like before the PPP is the regular PPP is over. He is already starting to set up mini, um, you know, it's just from one thing to another and they're dialed. And so I have to give a ton of credit to them. I also have to say that with an event like this, that it has been going on for so long. And I learned this kind of lightly with the Skyliner ski swap as well. There are some dedicated volunteers. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, what your what's your volunteer base? They are amazing, and and it was kind of funny because we did some changes, um, kind of with an effort to engage our parent population a little bit more around um, putting into place kind of a work deposit around volunteering mm-hmm. and things. So we've been trying to give our parents kind of first chance yeah. at volunteer sign up geniuses that we send yeah, out yeah. and things like that. And so Skyliner Ski Swap filled up really fast. And there were lots of volunteers that reached out and said, hey, there's no more spots. I always, yeah. I always volunteer to do check-in on Thursday with the, and I'm in this station and I volunteer with my two friends and, you know, it's their, their yeah. ritual right. of, of like the right. coming season and the change from fall to winter. Yeah. And when um, you get first dibs. Right. <laughs> That's right. Thing, so. right. Right. And so you get that, you get that, or you get to go to the presale. Right. Um, right. and so, <clears throat> so there was, it was, it's been kind of interesting. I think I learned from that how many people, and I know it is true for the pole pedal yeah. paddle as well. It is part of their yearly rhythm right. to be a part of these events. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's really special, you know, to have an event as, as large as the pole pedal paddle with as many racers as the pole pedal paddle, but then to keep in mind that there are almost as many volunteers, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and that the, the being involved and committed and a part of something, um, you, you think of it pretty automatically from the right. racer standpoint, but it is just as strong on yeah. the volunteer side. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. I've, I've, I've been, I've been working, I've been told, I was told in December, okay, you got to start getting your captains all settled because we've got these incredible (laughs) captains for all of these different zones, you know, the transitions, the courses, um, who are basically volunteer, um, you know, race direct, mini race directors that I'm just delegating to. Right. And in, in, and in this case, I'm leaning on them, you know, which is incredible. I had, um, uh, Todd, oh, Miller, I think his last name. He, I've just met him. He's wonderful. He's been a captain for the pole pedal paddle, I believe, every year since 1991. Wow. And um, he came in. He, so I was emailing. He said, yes, of course, yeah. I'm in it. I'm, I have a friend that I'm recruiting to co-captain with me this year, and she's going to carry the baton. You know, she's been a run course volunteer. So they, they kind of, these captains fill these roles in this incredible way and in that they, they, um, recruit their friends and, um, and then they train and they pass the batons mm-hmm. on over the years. Um, anyway, so they were, they, he came in and 
talk, talk me through all the possibilities. We are needing to redo the course, which is kind of another thing mm-hmm. to kind of announce. Yeah. Um, we have a pretty big change to the course this year. So he's been very helpful. And he and his new co-captain were out scoping out the course for me this morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the snow. Yeah. Well, he was ready it? to do it yeah. in the snow. And, and he said, I think there's an, I think... There's, I think it's melted enough now. Okay. I can go check out the trail. And where, what, so go ahead. Where, what, is it the run portion? Um, it's a little bit of everything in okay. town. So um, thankfully. This is great. Your first year and you got new, oh, new start lots, and finish areas. Lots of things. Well, it got, yeah. <laughs> Aaron, it, it got real, real, real <laughs> fast in September. Yeah. You know, I'm just a, a few days really. Right on the job and um, we get an email from the old mill district and we had always known that there was a possibility for a conflict using the west lawn mm-hmm. for the finish area um you know when we used to have the finish in the amphitheater and then it kind of transitioned to the west lawn mm-hmm. and and so we've always known that 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 was likely yeah. to happen that there could be a conflict if there were to be a concert yeah. booked well mbscf knew for you it was right. September. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. For me, it was September. Um, but, and so it was, it was a pretty, you know, it was kind of like, oh, wow. So um, they had a, a artist book that week. Oh, yeah. That weekend. And so um, the team was great and they brought us in and they were really helpful with kind of brainstorming alternatives. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the course has changed. There's been so many iterations, mm-hmm. especially the more you talk to the old timers, yeah. the PPP, the first generation PPPers. I mean, the, the race, I mean, when it finished in Drake Park, it was just an entirely That's different when I event. Did it. And it was in Drake really, Park. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. in the old mill. So. Um, yeah, I think it was like the early 2000s that mm-hmm. it transitioned to the yeah. old mill. Um, we were, we started discussing all of this once this big course yeah. change, we're like, gosh, could we bring it back to Drake Park? No, Ben Parks and Rec was like, Drake Park can't handle any yeah. more big events. Um, but also That's the river. That's a whole other conversation but, right, we could have, but right. we'll, we won't go there. But the, but the river, but the river has <laughs> right. changed so much since yeah. then too. Um, yeah. and the river levels, especially in the spring are, are pretty low. Oh, and, I, re- I remember when we did the kayak, when I did the kayaking portion, uh, you had to stay in the middle, you yeah. know, it was silted up on the outside and, and when the boats got wider and you were dipping your paddle in, you would hit mud, Yeah, you know, so and, it's and not so ideal. Those of us that are familiar yeah. with our river and, you yeah. know, we're lucky enough to live near our river in the summer we're in and almost every day. And, yeah. and, you know, right there by Miller Landing, like there's just, you can't yeah. have a bunch of people on kayaks in Miller right. Landing anymore. Right. So that, that went out the window really quick. Um, but we we came up with a solution that will I think it will be an exciting change and um, you know Ben Parks and Rec has been awesome to work with but again I leaned on these experienced coaches yeah, sure. you know when we went down and we looked at it and we oh, can we do that can we make it work what about if we did it this way mm-hmm. which paths can we use and then you know working with Ben Parks and Rec to make sure we've got public access and right. all of these things. Um, but it was, it was pretty funny. I was a little deer in headlights, yeah, like, I'm oh sure. my goodness, I right. cannot believe it's not even the end of September 
And I am spending you're all this time the on course, pole pedal right? paddle and in all of these meetings. <laughs> and your Skyliner and, swap was coming up and your yes, snowball exactly, was just around the corner. Exactly. It was, it was yeah. quite a September. And as a teacher, I've had many interesting Septembers, but, yeah. but this one was particularly So where are you going to, where are you going to be? Um, so actually, starting. and to get, yeah, to get to the, to the kind of long story short, yeah. um, the finish will be in Riverbend. Okay. Which I think will be wonderful because honestly, the um, West Lawn never quite did for me what the amphitheater was mm-hmm. able to do yeah. in terms of just that open party atmosphere. The West Lawn was yeah. pretty it's... pretty narrow. And so I felt like a lot of the party never made it to the stage mm-hmm. in the West Lawn. Um, and I think it will feel a lot more like yeah. that amphitheater feel in the big open area got of Riverbend. Yeah. yeah, and it's going to still be a transition zone. Okay. So I think for spectators, it improves quite a bit because, yeah. um, you know, when we had little kids and I was running around between the, you know, I wasn't able to support Marshall in the transition, but I had both kids on the back of the bike and running around. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a pain to get from the run to paddle transition mm. and then also see any of the paddle yeah. and make it to the finish. Like it was really hard to navigate well, you can get all in that. traffic or, you know, I remember yeah. we used to be like, you know, you're moving with the herd to the next yeah. area. And so, and, and so. so I think, or I would be stuck there yeah. waiting with, with hangry children and yeah. now all of our vendors will be there. So yeah. I think it will be better for the vendors. I think it yeah, will be better right. for the spectators. I think, um, the the course change will be interesting because so basically what will end up happening is we have so we're kind of changing the direction of the run course as it comes close to the river so um so the kayak will actually have a different takeout okay. than the put in yeah which i ha- probably hasn't been the case since the drake park days yeah um so it will take out <laughs> at farewell great well, these are some, uh, that's amazing that you've been able to ride this through. Cause that's a lot. I mean, you're having to, you're, you're, um, what was the term you used for your, for your area managers? The, oh, the, um, the, the transition or zone captains. Yeah, your yeah. captains. Yeah. yeah. That's even a lot for them because oh, they're, for sure. they're, they're in a new space. And I think for, for participants, especially for some storied races like this, a little change is good. You know, people who've done the same course over and over and over again, you're kind of like, you know, a curveball comes like this. It perks people's interest. Like, I wasn't going to do it, but hey, yeah. different thing. And uh, who knows? Maybe it'll yes. be, fa- maybe and I it'll would be say, faster. I would say, especially if you're a kayak specialist, because yeah. kayak course will have more upstream in a row this year okay. than breaking it up with the previous yeah. course. So you'll be yeah. you'll have that advantage as a kayak expert. Yeah, probably easier to watch, too, for spectators, so. yeah. you know, with that space. So. Well, we are at the end of our, our time together. Uh, anything that I forgot to mention that you'd like to bring up? Yeah, I just would um, just say, I don't know, you you captured a lot of it, Aaron. I just would want to say that it's a super special Bend tradition. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say you're not really a Bend local until you've done the pole pedal paddle or you've been involved in the pole pedal paddle. And um, so whether mm. folks choose to participate as you know, business sponsors or as, um, participants within the race or volunteering. Uh, we just love to get the whole community involved. It's truly, there's nothing like it that epitomizes 
what it is to live in Bend and how special yeah. this place is, how magical yeah. this place really is. I don't think that's bragging. I would second that. I, th- I think it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a local, uh, badge of honor to wear that, you know, you, you, you did it, even if it's just, you did a little, one little portion of it, you know, yeah, the, or- the team stuff I think is super <laughs> fun. You know, it's like you get a whole group and you spend the day together, you meet up in the park cause you don't see each other till the end in a right. lot of cases. And that's kind of the fun of it. How did it go? Yeah, you know, what and, was it like sharing yeah. those stories? I mean, there is just, why so- were you so late coming in? <laughs> I thought always, we were going to do better. You there know? are always <laughs> so many good stories to tell. And I'm sure it's true for the volunteer side as well. Yeah, you know, the things yeah. that you see and, yeah, but it's it's a just a wonderful celebration, and and so I encourage yeah. everybody to get involved. Well, good luck. Well, uh, anybody's out there can uh, pat you on the back and congratulate you for surviving the first year. <laughs> thank you, thank <laughs> you. I look forward to being through my first uh, pole pedal paddle. <laughs> well, Marika Green, thank you for joining us. This has been the Ben Don't Break podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast powered by The Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com.